Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. For the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Hello and welcome. This is the beginning of a uh, massive blow-off work day, weekend, I should say. Yeah, uh, tomorrow and Friday, people pretty much going to be uh, interest, uh, completely worthless at work. Because we're all thinking about this weekend and hanging out with family and friends and an epic, 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 what could be the biggest 4th of July Independence Day celebration in the history of the country as far as rural America, as far as American neighborhoods and cul-de-sacs. People are saying, uh, have had enough, had enough of uh, tyranny, had enough of lockdowns, had enough of this nonsense, and uh, and I'm tired of the country being torn down, uh, the history being torn down in schools, and this year is going to be an epic 4th of July. That's my prediction. That's what I'm. That's what I'm predicting. In my neighborhood, in my little, my little neighborhood, um, it's going to be gigantic. It's going to be gigantic. I live in the Kansas City area. Some people have asked me, "Where, where do you live? We want to come." I'm like, "Well, I can't, I can't invite thousands of people to my neighborhood." <laughs> But I'm uh, I'm gonna have the smoker going. I'm gonna have a, a, a giant ham. Oddly, I know that sounds weird, but I've had this beautiful ham that I bought in the freezer. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna smoke that, and I'm gonna do some pork butt, and uh, we're just gonna have a good time. And you're gonna spend a lot more on gas this year, by the way. Thought you should know. Yeah, gas prices across the United States at their highest level since uh, late 2014. Shortages predicted in the run-up to the 4th of July holiday weekend. So you might want to go get some gas. Yeah. According to the AAA, the national average uh, on Tuesday, about 3.11 per gallon. By this weekend, it'll go up another nickel. UPI reports that uh, further strains will come as 43.6 million Americans hit the road for Independence Day. Today, 89% of U.S. gas stations are selling regular unleaded for uh, two seventy-five or more. That is a stark increase. Over last July the 4th, where only a quarter of stations were selling gas more than two and a quarter. There you go. Welcome back, Carter, kids. Welcome back, Carter. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Oh, by the way, if you haven't, will you subscribe to this podcast? Just go to Apple Podcasts. Get it on your phone. It's very easy. It'll walk you right through it. Okay, just go to Apple Podcasts, The Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. And if you would just, uh, you know, sign up for it there. If you do that, that'd be huge. And then if you would also um, leave a five-star review. If you really like the show, leave a five-star review. We have a lot of five-star reviews, and I greatly appreciate it. Because this is a different show. This is a much different show than uh, everything else that is out there, including newly launched shows around the country. Florida building inspector who assured residents of the collapsed tower that it was in good shape a month before being warned otherwise. He's been suspended from the job. Rosendo Prieto 
was named chief building official at Surfside in July 2013, a position held until November 2020 on Tuesday, was placed on leave from his job as interim building official for CAP Government Inc., where he was working to provide building department services to government clients in Doral, Florida. Uh, in 2018, Frank Morabito, an engineer, warned Prieto of major structural damage in the Champlain Towers South building. He said it would cost around $9 million to repair. Morabito had been commissioned by the Residents Association to look at the building ahead of its 40-year structural inspection. All main concerns over their 40-year recertification process were addressed according to Prieto. It's not true. Yet Morabito's report, released by the Surfside officials on Friday, included pictures of what he wrote as abundant cracking and crumbling in the underground parking garage of the 12-story building. Morabito said uh, waterproofing below the pool deck and interest drive was failing, causing major structural damage to the concrete structural slab below these areas. Morabito added failure to replace the waterproofing in the near future will cause the extent of the concrete deterioration to expand exponentially. I'd say what happened to that building was pretty exponential. Oh, by the way, uh, Donald Trump's speech on Newsmax really kicked about this weekend ratings-wise. According to Nielsen, 1.9 million cable viewers turned into Newsmax to watch the network's coverage of the former president's rally Saturday in Wellington, Ohio. Uh, Fox wasn't there. Fox wasn't there. They estimate also another 1.3 million viewers watched through the free streaming devices, bringing Newsmax total viewership to 3 million people. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. Another ratings note here. The second quarter of 2021 saw viewers ditch CNN and MSNBC in droves. As experts wonder if the liberal networks can ever recover from the serious credibility problem they created by relying on former President Donald Trump for success while ignoring internal gaps and scandals. CNN and MSNBC were one-trick ponies, and the trick was bashing Trump, according to Cornell Law School professor and media critic William A. Jacobson. And the worst thing that MSNBC and CNN do is ignore stories. Rather than just, uh, you know, just towing the party line is what they do, they also ignore stories like Hunter Biden's laptop and big social media Shut those stories down, too. And people are done with it. <laughs> people are done with it. Oh, this is something interesting. If, if you were put in charge of something and you, you completely failed every aspect of your job, including its most basic, basic functions, don't you suppose you'd be fired? Like, within a couple months, max. In the short time since Kamala Harris has been in, uh, supposedly in charge of the crisis at the border, a half a million people have uh, illegally crossed into America. Wow. <laughs> You know, you remember uh, upon arriving in El Paso, a thousand miles away from the hotspots of illegal immigration in Texas, the vice president continued to attack journalists for asking questions about why she waited so long to make the trip. She said, it's not my first trip. I've been to the border many times. Uh, spring break 1987, actually, in Cancun, I think is what she's thinking about. She was made border czar on uh, March 24th, and she has failed. I want to talk a little bit about this um, Olympic hammer thrower who turned her back on the national anthem and threw a temper tantrum. But first, I want to mention Deanna Price. Deanna Price is the one who won the hammer toss at that competition and is going to the Olympics. All five of Price's throws that day could have won the competition, but her longest, 263 feet 6 inches, put her in rarefied air. The reigning world champion became just the second woman to ever throw the 8.8-pound ball and chain over 80 meters. She deserves to be acknowledged. Brooke Anderson threw hers 255 feet. 
So a full 13 feet further than the second place finisher and Gwyn Berry, a full 14 feet shorter than the second place at 241 feet. Gwen Berry appeared on, I, I guess there's a, a, a network that's owned by CNN that is uh, uh, just for black people. It's just for black people. It's a black CNN. I don't know what it was even called, but anyway, uh, she decided to, Gwen Berry decided to uh, to talk about the, uh, you know, what happened and how she, she said she was set up, okay? <clears throat> now, they played the National Anthem and she made it about herself. She said that the people in the booth, the people organizing, set her up so she would uh, hear the National Anthem and be embarrassed. When we were back in the call room, the directions were that we were going to be introduced to the crowd um, before the anthem was going to be played or after the anthem was going to be played. No one made any mention or any notion that we would be on the podium or had to be on the podium during the singing of the national anthem. I want to make that clear. Those were our directions, either before or after. No other event group that I know of stood on the podium during the playing of the national anthem. Mm -hmm. However, when we went out to introduce ourselves to the crowd, coincidentally, the national anthem was playing and they asked us to stand on the podium. And then the anthem- Did you not, is it not possible to say ask? Uh, you know, I'm just saying, and I've heard white people do that too, just, it's ask. Anthem play. Yeah. In that moment, I feel like it was a setup. Yeah, it was, because all, it was I, all about you, the third place finisher. I was. Those were not the directions. That was not the intent. The intent was we would be introduced to the crowd either before or after the singing of the national anthem. Well, boo frickity who Here she is talking about her people, by the way. She's not representing the United States. She's not representing the great American melting pot. She's representing her people. I never said that I didn't want to go to the Olympic Games. That's why I competed and got third and made the team. I never said that I hated No, 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 no. We know you want to go to the Olympic Games. It's just you don't want to represent America. Yeah, everybody wants to go to the Olympic Games. Any athlete wants to go to the Olympic Games. But you see, the thing is, uh, the Olympic Games, you represent your country. The country. Never said that. All I said was, I respect my people enough my people. to not stand or acknowledge something that disrespects them. I love my people, point blank, period. Point blank, period, which... Uh Kind of a shooting reference, I guess, uh, to some degree. Oh, now here she is misunderstanding the third verse of the national anthem. You'll recall the second verse is same as the first. Actually, not. It, it isn't. I just I just threw that in there. Here she is talking about the third verse of the uh, national anthem, and she profoundly misunderstands it. Now she was asked why she does not stand during the national anthem. Listen to this, and I'm going to explain to her uh, you, I should say, why she's wrong. History. If you know your history, you know the full song of the national anthem. The third paragraph speaks to slaves in America, our blood being slain and, and piltered all over the floor. It's disrespectful and it does not speak for black Americans. It's obvious. There's no there's no question. Okay. So the uh, national anthem was written uh, outside of Fort Scott in uh, uh, in Baltimore. And I've been there. Um it's not Fort Scott. It's not Fort Scott. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Anyway, um, it was written in Baltimore by Francis Scott Key. Francis Scott Key was a colonialist. He was oh, not a colonialist. He was you know, he 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 saw the uh, Fort McHenry. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Duh, come on, Rob. And by the way, you should go. It's really amazing. And at the end, they unveil in this presentation the the flag that still waves there, and you cry. It's it's absolutely beautiful. If you're a patriot, unlike Gwen Berry. 
But here's the thing about this. The War of 1812, what the British wanted to do was come in and take down the United States. Uh, the United States had kicked uh, Great Britain's butt, established the United States of America. They wanted to take it back. And so what they did was they would hire fighters for them, okay? Hire soldiers. Hessians could be the Russians or, or the Germans. Send them over, pay them to fight the battle. And then also they got black slaves to fight for Great Britain under the promise of freedom, so they had slaves fighting against the colonialists, and you had other hired soldiers, mercenaries, hired to fight the uh, Americans, and they killed many Americans. And so here's the third, here's the third uh, stanza of the, of the song. That the havoc of war with, and battle's confusion, a home and a country should leave us no more. Their blood has washed out of their foul footsteps, pollution, no ref, refuge could save the hireling and slave. So the hireling is the hired soldiers, the Hessians and whatnot, and the slave that Great Britain uh, got to fight against the colonialists. That is what it is all about. She is profoundly wrong, profoundly ignorant, and all she has to do is a little bit of research and maybe say, oh, you know, I was wrong. I, I was wrong. Let's talk about defunding the police. Yesterday, the police chief in, uh, in Oakland, Laron Armstrong, delivered an impassioned rebuke of the city council's recent decision to further defund law enforcement in his city. The council redirected $18 million from the police budget to community violence prevention programs. Despite repeated pleas from Armstrong and even the city's liberal mayor, Libby Sheff. Here's a little bit of the police chief, a desperate police chief who sees murders and violence and the, and the results of it day after day, and he's quite fed up. Listen. 65 lives so far this year. Victims who have suffered at the hands of violence, whether it's shootings, robberies, carjackings, sexual assaults. All of these crimes are not speed bumps. These are people. Far too often in these meetings, we are talking about numbers, we are talking about money and cost. I don't know what the cost of a life is, but I know not having resources makes our city less safe. That would be defunding the police. It concerns me that we would ever consider that to be a bump in the road. That when you look at this screen and you see these are true people, these are people who lost their lives in this city the violence that impacts our community every day. When I go to scenes and I meet with mothers and family members, they're not talking about numbers. They're talking about their children. Yeah, you know, but uh, those black lives don't matter, and they usually are mostly black. Here's Jen Psaki, of course, uh, blaming the Republicans, and I played this yesterday, blaming the Republicans for defunding the police, which is a grotesque lie. Something one of the advisors said this weekend, Cedric Richmond, he said, Republicans defunded the police by not supporting the American Rescue Plan. But how is it that that is an argument uh, to be made when the president never mentioned needing money for police to stop a crime wave when he was selling the American? No, they put it into the bill. They knew the government or the uh, the Republicans would uh, would vote down because it's bloated spending and it's a lie. So they put in little a possibility of, of police funding. It's not even money directed toward the police. It can't be used for police funding. They put it in the bill. And so when the Republicans voted against it, then they would be blamed and uh, were told that they wanted to fund the police, which, again, is a grotesque lie. Okay. 
the president did mention that the American Rescue Plan, the state and local funding, something that was supported by the president, a lot of Democrats who supported and voted for the bill, could help ensure uh, local cops were kept on the beat in communities across the country. As you know, didn't receive a single Republican vote. That funding has been used to keep cops on the beat. But at the time, that was sold as uh, these local police departments might have a pandemic related budget shortfall, not we need to keep cops on the beat because there's a crime wave. Uh, I think that any local uh, department would argue that keeping cops on the beat to keep communities safe when they had to, because of budget shortfalls, fire police is is something that helped them address yeah. crime in their local communities. So in the local communities, the White House's argument was the American Rescue Plan is going to be $1,400 checks, it's going to be vaccines, vaccinators, uh, it's going to put us on the path to beating the virus, not... It did those things as well it was a pretty good bill and piece of legislation yeah and uh, they of course are saying that um, the republicans want to defund the police but wait i found a montage of democrats saying they wanted to do that for the last year i am for defunding the police yes i support the defund movement why use the word defund why use the word defund and it's like this is the word that's coming from the street many affluent suburbs suburbs have essentially already begun pursuing a defunding of the police in that they fund schools. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. The Minneapolis Police Department is rotten to the root. Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. Police are terrorizing black and brown communities. The evidence is clear across the country. No, it's not, actually. No, no. Um, actually, the murder rate black on black nationally is um, 13 times the national average. So it's not the police terrorizing. And they're all Democrat enclaves that uh, are defunding Minneapolis. They defunded their police 60, 60% more homicides this year. 269 violent shootings this year by July, equaling the total number from last year. Seattle, 525% increase last month compared to 2019. 130% increase in shootings this year in New York City compared to last year. Okay, uh, Chicago, May 31st, the most violent day in 60 years. 72 people shot last weekend. May through July, 1,130 shootings, 212 of them fatal. This is like the height of the war in Iraq kind of numbers. Portland, violent shootings up 240%. Average homicide rates up 10 more murders per month than 2011. Uh, Atlanta murders up 86% compared to last year. Uh, 165 more shooting victims relative to last year. Los Angeles murder rate is up from last year. Double digit raises in homicides the last two months. Baltimore homicides in Baltimore are pacing ahead of last year's record breaking rate. 164 people murdered in the city this year. Philadelphia, homicide up 28% over last year. D.C., homicide 23% higher than it was last year. I rest my case. But wait, but wait, there's more evidence. Here's AOC saying that all of this uh, crime increase stuff is hysteria. Even the stuff that I just told you that's factual, it's all hysteria. Seeing these headlines about percentage increases. Now, I want to say that any amount of harm is unacceptable and too much. But... I also want to make sure that this hysteria, you know, that this doesn't drive a hysteria and that we look at these numbers in context so that we can make responsible. Yeah, here's the context. The numbers are exploding because you guys voted for defunding the police and you're all about that. Meanwhile, in the, in Oakland, uh, the people are saying they need more cops. The farther east you go, especially in deep east Oakland, where most of the homicides and shootings have taken place, many people complain there aren't enough officers. We need more police. What? In Auckland. So often, uh, people broken in 
to the car. Wait, that first guy was a black guy. Holmes. So no, I disagree with defunding the police. At the Foothill Square Shopping Center, many people say they're fed up with the gun violence. I understand why people want to defund the police. They think the police are violent, but who's going to save us? That's another uh, person of color. When we need to call them. A lot of people just don't, do not feel safe because we, we need police. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I'm detecting a theme here. That's another person of color. In the uh, community, need to work with the police in order to help curb some of this violence. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, agree with that Yeah, pretty much. And, and uh, Democrats are wrong on everything with regard to that. Now, another person who's been very wrong is, uh, is a former AG Bill Barr. A.G. Bill Barr said that uh, Donald Trump, thinking that the uh, election of 2020 was um, of ill-gotten gain, he's saying all, all of that is BS. He's saying that it was a perfectly legit uh, election. But last year when she was talking, he was talking to, you never know these days, uh, he, he was talking to uh, Wolf Blitzer, and he said that mail-in voting led to fraud. And he's very, very, he gets very frothy about it. The bipartisan commission chaired by Jimmy Carter and James Baker said back in 2009 that mail-in voting is fraught with the risk of fraud and coercion. But since then, and, there and have until been a lot this of administration, no, well, proved it. Let me talk. Yeah, please. Uh, and since this, since that time, there have been in the newspapers, in networks, academic studies saying it is open to fraud and coercion. The only time the narrative changed is after this administration came in. Huh. But elections that have been held with mail, have found substantial fraud and coercion. For example, we indicted someone... <sighs> Why do you suppose the Democrats use COVID to their advantage so they could increase mail-in voting and fraud and drop boxes and fraud? And in Texas, 1,700 ballots collected. We're not stupid. He ma- from people who ha- could vote, he made them out and voted for the person he wanted to. Huh. Okay, because that kind of thing happens with mail-in ballots, and everyone knows. But there are individuals uh, cases. But as far as widespread fraud, we haven't seen that since. uh, Well, we have. We haven't had the kind of widespread use of mail-in ballots as being proposed. We've had absentee and it happened ballots from people who request them from a specific address. Now, what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate. Well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting because now he says that Donald Trump alleging fraud is BS. A little bit more from Bill Barr with Wolf Blitzer. People who should get them don't get them, which is what has been one of the major complaints in states that have tried this in, in municipal elections. And uh, people who get them are not the right people. They're people who have replaced the, occup- the previous occupant and they can make them out. And sometimes multiple ballots come to the same address uh-huh. with a whole genera- several generations of occupants. Weird. Do you think that's a way to run a vote? Well, this is playing with fire. Wow. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. Wow. That is the uh, tiger changing his stripes, man. That is uh, as as a much of a flip-flop as you could possibly imagine, which is probably not terribly easy because he's a very large man. Yeah, he's a very large man. Uh, Fox News is our competition at Newsmax, and occasionally we need to step forward and defend brothers and sisters in 
journalism. I'm not a journalist. I am a commentator and a comedian. Tucker Carlson had received credible reports that he was being surveilled by the NSA. I believe it. I believe it. Because they also surveilled Donald Trump's campaign, transition team, and presidency. Here is uh, Tucker Carlson doubling down on this and listen to the response he's gotten from the NSA. Now, last night on the show, we made a very straightforward claim. NSA has read my private emails without my permission, period. That's what we said. Tonight's statement from the NSA does not deny that. Instead, it comes with this non sequitur. In part, quote, Tucker Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency. Okay, glad to know. But the question remains, did the Biden administration read my personal emails? That's the question that we asked directly to NSA officials when we spoke to them about 20 minutes ago in a very heated conversation. Did you read my emails? And again, they refused to say. Weird. Again and again. And then they refused even to explain why they couldn't answer that simple question. Yep. We can't tell you and we won't tell you why we can't tell you. My emails. And the message was clear. We can do whatever we want. We can read your personal texts. We can read your personal emails. We can send veiled threats your way to brush you back if we don't like your politics. We can do anything. We're our own country. And there's literally nothing you can do about it. We're in charge. You're not. I would fight for him. And uh, there is no doubt that the swamp needs to be drained. And the swamp is going after conservatives. It's very obvious. And they're working with big social media to take down your freedom of expression. I've had that happen. Facebook page reaching over 100,000 people a week. Gone November the 4th. Day after the election, gone. YouTube channel, gone. Because I disagreed with the WHO with regard to coronavirus. And I called him out on it. So I will defend him. I will defend him. Here is uh, Sebastian Gorka talking to Grant Stinchfield on Newsmax. And he says that uh, they did the same thing. They spied on Trump and him. How did you first learn that they were possibly spying on you while you're working in the White House? And to think about that, the ramifications to me are chilling that that could have been going on. I got to know a couple of great patriots. One was a very senior former CIA official who'd been a station chief and worked in the Middle East after September the 11th. And another one was a former member of the armed forces with a special forces and intelligence background. And they told me after I left the White House that uh, they wanted me to know there is a part of the NSA. It is the uh, most aggressive cyber arm of the NSA called the Tailored Access Operations, the TAO. And there was a small unit of contractors in the TAO who had been tasked to actually surveil members of the Trump administration, wow. me and Steve Bannon and others included. Now, where did these uh, these insiders, where did they come from? Well, they've been there since the Obama administration. Well, it utterly is. And uh, the methods they used are absolutely unconstitutional. There's a, a dodge they worked out called traffic shaping, where they whereby they know that they're not allowed to spy on U.S. Uh, persons in the United States. 
trades, but they know that Internet communications are absolutely global. So the NSA uses its capacity to shape Internet traffic to move the nodes of connection. So instead of my email going from Washington, D.C. to New York, they route it through Malaysia. and they So they can track it. They say, oh, look, that's a foreign communication. Wow. Therefore, we can intercept it. So with traffic shaping, oh, they break the constitutional restrictions. on. We the- have got to drain this swamp. We have got to do it to save the country. NSA, and they spy on people for political purposes. Uh, as to proof, um, that- a very, very highly respected journalist, has uh, has the evidence, and she promised me that she will uh, publicly uh, disclose her sources. So when she does that, uh, we'll have something to refer to. But what Tucker said is not an accident, and uh, we know this. Whether it's uh, uh, whether it's uh, Mike, whether it's Mike Flynn being surveilled, yep. whether it's uh, this so-called Azra Turk, this FBI asset that was used to try and entrap George Papadopoulos in the UK, tried to seduce him. Uh, we know there is. Is a political perversion of the intelligence community by Obama holdovers. Yeah, and it's also a perversion of the Department of Justice, the FBI as well, going after Donald Trump for Russian collusion when there was no evidence and it was disproven. Millions and millions of dollars spent on an investigation that led nowhere, which was merely a distraction from Hillary Clinton and her ties with Russian oligarchs to stuff her charity with $150 million dollars. That's another story. We'll talk about it another time. After a lengthy investigation, a Manhattan district attorney will not be bringing charges against former President Donald Trump, despite the media and anti-Trump mob saying it's imminent. Greg Jarrett said this. He said, in fact, it's fairly common practice in corporate America. Unfortunately, for those who salivated over the thought of Trump wearing an orange jumpsuit in prison, reporters were relying on notorious liars like Michael Cohen. They now look like the chumps they are. Trump's lawyer, who Jarrett says uh, has been known for many years as a straight shooter, said he was told charges were merely being considered and considered not against Trump, but against certain individuals within the Trump organization for failing to properly report taxable income on perks. Now, they didn't go after this information. They didn't say, hey, we need to go look at certain individuals failing to properly report taxable income on perks. They raided Rudy Giuliani's uh, apartment and took all of his uh, computers and phones, and they went digging for a crime. And that is Stalin-esque. Here is uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz talking on American Agenda. Will this mean the, the ending of the investigation of Donald Trump? No, we know that the Attorney General of New York ran for office on the campaign pledge to get Trump. We know that the DA is still looking for some cases, perhaps not based on hush money, but based on other kind of technical violations that are rarely pursued against businessmen. We know he's not out of the woods. They're out to get him. Um, You know, it was Lavrenti Beria who told Stalin back in the days of communism, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. They're searching high and low for any criminal conduct. They'd like to, of course, get... Trump himself. I don't think they will, but they'll try to get people close to him or people in his company. They're not going to give up until they have some 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 trophies. And uh, the trophies uh, are people who were in the Trump organization. Uh, this is all. And they will ruin lives. They will ruin lives for political gain. So part of what happened to Rudolph Giuliani, um, the former U.S. attorney and mayor, 
um, they went after him. He can't practice law now. On charges that they never go after lawyers on. For statements he made on television and without giving him a hearing or any opportunity to present evidence that he was not aware that any of the statements are false. <clears throat> this is selective prosecution. It's a misuse of the justice system. And whether you're a Democrat like me or a Republican, you should be concerned about the misuse of the legal system. Here's a little bit more on uh, the Democrats weaponizing the law. How could this impact someone, just a, just an individual person uh, living in America who perhaps doesn't have a high-profile name? Well, if the prosecution is allowed to go willy-nilly after people without um, a, a systematic single standard, anybody's vulnerable. If a prosecutor just has it in for somebody, they can go after him. We need to have equal justice under the law. We need to make sure that there isn't one law for friends and one law for enemies, one law for Republicans. There already is that. It's one for Democrats. As a South American dictator said some years ago, for my friends, everything. For my enemies, the law. Yep. If you weaponize the law, it can be used against anybody. And it's evil. It's absolutely evil. Have you noticed that Anthony Fauci has not been uh, getting all the love that he uh, he was getting for a while there? He's got a book deal coming up here. We're going to get into uh, how it appears he covered up the Wuhan lab and all the evidence that he knew that the COVID virus started there. This is interesting. While most Americans say getting together for the 4th of July on Sunday has a risk for spreading COVID-19, the risk is small. Axios Ipsos poll results uh, Tuesday combined 59% of Americans feel there is a small risk, 36%, no risk, 23% in attending a celebration on July 4th. 14% see such gatherings as a large risk and they should just stay home. Goodbye. Goodbye. Go close your door. Goodbye. You're not coming to my party. 27% see it as a moderate risk. All right. Uh, 55% of Americans say they are still wearing masks when they leave their homes and they're morons. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Unless you have a communicable disease, unless you are maybe undergoing cancer treatment, you have a compromised immune system. Uh, nonsense. 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 Here is a Jim Jordan on Grant Stinchfield's show talking about how the lie is becoming very obvious that the, uh, the Wuhan virus, the, the COVID-19, came from Wuhan and it was covered up by Anthony Fauci and others. No kidding. For a year and a half, you couldn't go a day without seeing Dr. Fauci on the news, on the front page of the paper, uh, time mating person of the world for, yeah. you know, person yeah. of the millennium or whatever it was. Uh, he was everywhere. But now when suddenly we understand that he was on notice as early as January 31st at 1032 p.m. when he got an email from one of the virologists who gets our tax dollars. Dr. Anderson, he got an email from him saying, look, this virus looks engineered. It is not consistent with last January 31st evolutionary theory on January 31st, 2020. Dr. Fauci was on notice about this thing coming from the lab and being engineered. And what did he do? He tried to cover his tracks and hide that information from the American people for over a year. Why is that, kids? Oh, yeah, it's because his uh, his agency was funding it. Now, again, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't think so. And I had four emails today that showed that. But if I'm wrong, why wouldn't Dr. Fauci come in and answer our questions? Yeah, he wouldn't appear before Congress. He's afraid of something. 
So this this should this should tick off every American because this is the guy who was responsible for all the lockdowns, all the businesses that had to be closed, some of them never to reopen. It was all Dr. Fauci who was the catalyst for all this. He was the spokesperson for all this this mindset, and yet he doesn't have the decency to come in today and talk to us after what looks like a cover-up to me. Yep, and uh, I think it is. That's my personal opinion. And uh, it's kind of a no-duh, pretty much. Here is uh, uh, Eric Bowling, uh, newest addition to the uh, the staff at Newsmax, talking with uh, James Comer, representative, about the uh, Wuhan lab and the proof that the virus came from there. I mean, clearly most of the uh, public, I would think, uh, believes it, it originated, COVID originated in that lab, not necessarily out in the wet markets of China. What did you guys find out? What, what's the latest? Well, the likelihood that it uh, came from animals is almost zero. That was proven today. Uh, the, in fact, I didn't know that uh, there have been over 80,000 animals tested and not a single animal showed up positive with COVID-19. Huh. The only animals in the whole region of China that were not tested yeah. were, the, were the mice in the Wuhan lab. Now, you tell me why they wouldn't want to test the mice in the Wuhan lab. But they're, they're, this came from a lab. This was originated from the lab. The Wuhan lab is the only lab uh, within a thousand miles that did that type of gain-of-function research. And they used mice Ironically, they wouldn't let anyone test the mice there. So I think that it's pretty safe to conclude that this originated in the Wuhan lab. China has lied about it. Yep. The World Health Organization has complied with China's lies. And as a result, you know, millions of people worldwide have died. Four million people. China's responsible for the deaths of four million people. Trillions and trillions of dollars worth of damage to economies Increased suicides in America, depression, drug use, businesses being shut down. They need to pay. Here is uh, Rep. James Comer talking about Fauci's no-show before Congress. He was all about all about getting behind that microphone and testify, and all of a sudden he'd be quiet. So you you invite a bunch of Democrats. I also noted you invited one Dr. Anthony Fauci. Do you show up? He did not show up. And I've been one of the Republicans that have been holding out uh, prospects of his future. I wanted to give him an opportunity to come to Congress and testify and uh, give his uh, discrepancies as to why his emails were vastly different than what he's been telling the American public over the past year and a half. Weird. And uh, hope that he would come and do just that because Dr. Fauci never shied away from a camera prior no, to the no, release no, of no, his no. emails and he never shied away from congressional testimony. Unfortunately, he did not show up today, and I'm pretty disappointed, and I'm going to join the bandwagon of uh, most of my Republican colleagues in, in saying that it's time for Dr. Fauci to go, and he should resign. He should resign, but, you know, he's like, um, he's like Andrew Cuomo, you know? Wow. Just wow. Here is uh, Rob Schmidt talking with Dr. Seth Manny, or I should say Manny Seth E., about mask mandates, and they could be making a comeback. Now, I'm going to say this right now. They're going to try and shut us down again. Did you hear what I just said? They haven't given up. They're going to try and shut us down again. They're going to start making you wear masks again, like in California, where you have to wear them inside. They're going to do it again, guys. And what did I say at the very beginning of this? 
last February. I said, this can never happen again. But they want to do it again, guys. They want to, they want to kill us. They want to kill business. They want your kids to not be educated. They want to ruin your lives. They want to turn over the country. They want us to become more reliant on government every sinking day, every stinking day. Dr. Manny Sethi. What do you make of this Delta variant? I mean, what should we all think here? Because, I mean, you look at, it's like we talked about it last night, Sydney, Australia is in a full-blown lockdown right now over this thing. And it just seems like it's an overreaction. Well, you know, Rob, I think what you were saying uh, earlier here is uh, is right on. Um, I think we've learned nothing. Uh, I think lockdowns, like look at what's happening in Sydney, Australia. Look at what what's happening in L.A. Uh, you know, yes, the Delta variant is more transmissible, about 40 to 60 percent. Uh, but there is no link in increase in death rates. Uh, that has not been shown. That is just the left-wing media sort of pushing this. It's point zero eight. Uh, and if you're vaccinated, it, it really uh, it, it has a very low uh, effectivity rate. You'll, you'll be fine. They're effectively saying, I mean, uh, some people are saying that the, the, your, if you've been vaccinated, it doesn't matter. So everybody, you who've been vaccinated and those of you who haven't, they want to do it again to all of us, guys. Fine. So I just think that these mask mandates that are coming back, uh, like in Los Angeles County, uh, in other parts of the country are just ridiculous. I would have to agree a little bit more from Dr. Manny Sethi, who, by the way, I understand, ran for senator in Tennessee and was beaten by Lamar Alexander. What do you imagine they would say? Let's imagine for a second you had one of these guys in front of you and you ask them, why do I need to wear a mask if I'm vaccinated, even with the Delta variant? What would they say? Oh, I think guys like Fauci uh, would probably tell you, oh, you know, um, there's a chance that you could get this thing and it's 40 to 60 percent more transmissible. And, you know, journals like The Lancet are showing there's an increase in death rate. And, you know, from that uh, uh, tweet that you showed from uh, Rand Paul, you know, it's a very, very minimal uh, increase uh, in the death rate. And so they're going to do it. They're going to try and get the same fear that they stoked last year to happen again this year, guys. And you know why? Because very soon we'll be in an election year. I just think this is more the same, uh, more of liberals not using science uh, to come up with these crazy uh, ideas of mask mandates. SR1 didn't pass, by the way. And and more to the point of of what you were saying earlier on, uh, I think that the Biden administration is trying to use this to convince people uh, to get the vaccine. And as I have said time and time again uh, on Newsmax to anybody that will listen, is that, look, this is a decision between you and your doctor, you and your family. You cannot be bullied into it. Government can't make you do it. Uh, I mean, this is a personal choice, and and the American people can't be scared into it. And And it's none of your freaking business if I get vaccinated or not. Eric Bowling had uh, Ken Cuccinelli on to talk about the border. Donald Trump is going to the border today, but he's going to McAllen, Texas, where the real crisis is, not El Paso, where Kamala Harris made a, a layover for her trip home. Yeah, absolutely. And and that was purposeful. The Democrats down in the Rio Grande Valley are fed up with this administration's facilitating illegal immigration. She went where Representative Escobar is a member of the radical left. You know, she calls the illegal immigrants the new Ellis Island there in El Paso. My uh, my Italian immigrant grandparents, great grandparents came through Ellis Island legally. There's a big difference. And that's why she went to El Paso. And I'm doubting they brought fentanyl with them. So is they equate illegal 
to what we used to think of as legal immigration. It's 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 a very bad situation. And it's an insult to everybody who came to Ellis Island and wanted to assimilate and become American citizens and be proud of it. Uh, here's Rob Schmidt uh, talking with Mark Morgan about Trump's border visit. I think you're going to see a trip of substance. It's not going to be about addressing political optics. It's not about uh, you know, getting some good photo opportunities. Mm. It's about the president joining Governor Abbott and other state and local leaders as well as congressional members to really talk about what is happening, address uh, acknowledging the crisis, and coming up with substantive actions. Who's acting more presidential? To actually address the crisis, unlike we've seen from this administration. Look, for example, they're going to have sheriffs there, not just border town sheriffs, but also sheriffs in the interior United States, because we know, although this administration continues to try to spin and a lot of American people, what happens at our border doesn't stay at our border. If you have open border policies that, that, that allows one crisis, one threat, you're opening our borders up to the vast complex threats facing our country. Criminal aliens coming through, drugs coming through, making their way to every neighborhood in this county. That's what you're going to hear, a trip of substance. I love it. I cannot wait to see the footage. Lauren Boebert is a representative. She is a tough cookie. She is a tough cookie. She did an, uh, a gun speech yesterday in support of the Second Amendment uh, and uh, and attacking Democrats who would attempt to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. Uh, she had some very funny things to say about the president, who is very anti-gun, and his crackhead son, who really likes guns and tries to get them illegally. When are you going to ca- call on the chief executive, the basement dweller, Ooh. to hold his own son accountable for his gun crimes? Hunter Biden lied on a federal firearms application, which is punishable by up to 10 years and a $250,000 fine, of which 10% will not be going to the big guy. Ouch! And by the way, uh, CNN and MSNBC aren't covering the story. Rules for thee, but not for my crack. Neither is Fox. Head Parmesan smoking gun criminal son. <laughs> what about the disposable the disposal of Hunter Biden's gun in a back alley dumpster? And why was the Secret Service involved in locating this firearm? Thank you. Can you just imagine for half a second if Donald Trump Jr. was involved in firearms crimes? Be the number one story in the in the world. And his dad ordered the Secret Service to cover it up, that's just the start of the hypocrisy. Biden oh, and the illegality. We'll call widely purchased firearms weapons of war, but then he'll tell you that you need an F-15 or a nuke to keep the federal government in check. Wow, 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 wow. She kicks butt. She totally kicks butt. We're about running out of time. I want to wrap things up with uh, just a couple of things here real quick. You know, there's nothing more blatant as far as the coverage of Donald Trump and his wife, Melania, than the fact that Jill Biden, who uh, in a questionable fashion tastes, you know, um, Melania Trump is a supermodel. She's absolutely gorgeous, um, speaks five languages, eloquent, never got invited to uh, do much television interviews by the major broadcast networks, uh, was constantly a target for everything from her redoing the Rose Garden, which desperately needed it, to uh, not inviting her to be on covers of magazines, including Vogue. Here is Eric Bowling talking about the difference between uh, Jill Biden getting on Vogue within five months of the Biden administration and Melania Trump never being invited. Jill Biden already on the cover of Vogue just six months since her being the first lady. Is it just me or do we see a pattern here? Take a look at this. All the Democratic first ladies have been on the cover of Vogue, but Republican first ladies haven't made the cut. And get this, Melania Trump 
didn't get a cover during her four years as first lady. And by the way, Michelle Obama was featured 12 times on Vogue. To add, she was a former supermodel. Something doesn't seem too fair. Well, it's, it's not fair. It's just purely partisan and it's awful. And it's catty. I might add, it's, it's pretty catty. To be quite honest, if you are Vogue magazine and you are, I'm assuming um, you are there to show what is Vogue, highlight fashion, style, all that stuff, Melania Trump would have been in the obvious choice. But even Vogue has chosen to be political. It's time for me to go, kids. I hope you had a good time today. I hope you learned something and I hope you were entertained. If you would, please uh, download the Apple podcast app to your phone. Basically, it's real simple. You just go there. You, you go to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson, and you hit today's episode. It'll download it. Then tomorrow, when you go to play tomorrow's episode, you hit that. It'll download that, but it'll delete the day before. There you go. But they're always there on the site. So Apple Podcasts, uh, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson, if you would do that, it would be uh, an enormous blessing. All right. As we approach the weekend, I'm going to be talking to Emerald Robinson from uh, Newsmax tomorrow about her visit with Donald Trump to the border. Also, we're going to be talking to Aaron Babbitt, the husband of the widower of Ashley Babbitt, uh, either tomorrow or Friday. Guys, have a glorious day. God bless our military. God bless our police. Remember Ashley Babbitt, as I always say, and above all, don't catch the stupid. And you know what? Don't fall for it again, kids. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.